Next on BYU Sports Nation, the quarterback competition at BYU has moved ahead of schedule. Is Tanner Mangum now the front runner? Whoever the BYU quarterback is, he'll face one of the most difficult schedules in the country. Is it too tough? Plus, two-on-one with junior wide receiver Akile Davis, the winning pitcher from last night's BYU baseball victory, and a Catch of the Year nominee for BYU. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, March 23rd, wherever and however you're dialed in. Always nice to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton alongside a man who enjoys elite superstitions, Jason Shepard. Yes. Is superstition kind of what happened to, or is this more germaphobe that I had uh, to spray down this mic? Since Jerem's uh, out sick today. Well, that's more of a germaphobic thing, (laughs) but I would like to discuss some of your amazing superstitions. Yeah, see, as I've gotten older, believe it or not, you would think maybe the superstitions would get more, but they've actually lessened. But back in the day, like I I, I had some some weird ones, but they make complete sense to me. Like back in the day when I would watch a, a Utah Jazz basketball game. I had to, in my drink, I had to have four ice cubes only. (laughs) Do you want to know why? So that the Jazz would play all four quarters. Oh, complete game. Complete game. Yes. See, now, the the, the only real thing I do now is uh, whatever I'm doing in terms of, like, say if I'm doing pre and post for football or basketball or any, anything, I'm, if I'm calling a game, it's something like that. I always have to have a BYU logo on somewhere, whether it's a shirt, uh, socks, a hat, whatever. If I'm, if I'm doing something BYU related on air, I have to have a BYU logo on. And how did that work out for you last football season, Jason? I think I did something wrong. Okay? <laughs> I'm putting that on me. Maybe I didn't have a big enough BYU logo. Okay. Yeah, just go buy the extra large yes. BYU sticker. What about you? I'm trying to think of superstitions. If like, you can't think of one, then you don't have any because they should be obvious. I'm I'm obsessive compulsive about a lot of things <laughs> more than I am superstitious. So I don't know. I'll have to think on that, man. But you just go find your extra large BYU sticker or whatever to make sure that you're ready for the approaching season. Hey, and for the baseball game tonight, I'm going to get a drink with nine ice cubes in it. <laughs> Now that's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I'm talking about. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Running ahead of schedule. BYU senior quarterback Tanner Mangum posted a video on Instagram of him running basically full speed on a treadmill and then followed that up with a video of him running full go at the indoor practice facility. Keep in mind, he ruptured his Achilles tendon a little over four months ago. For the average person, it's a one-year recovery. Jason, is this video revelation a big deal, little deal, or no deal? I think it's a big deal. It's a big deal for a couple of different reasons. Number one, you know... This could very well be the starting quarterback for the upcoming season. And I don't know if that's something that we thought from an injury standpoint was even going to be possible. So absolutely, it's a big deal that he is that far 
ahead of schedule. It's also a big deal because we've heard from coaches and we've heard from Tanner too say that he he likes where he's at, he's ahead of schedule, but to be able to see that to be able to see him running full go on a treadmill and then running sprints at the IPF, that's a, that's a big deal to be able to witness for yourself the, that he is ahead of schedule and doing things that we weren't sure he was going to be able to do at this point. Ask Kobe Bryant if this is a big deal. Yeah, you're right. A megastar who ruptured his Achilles tendon. He knows what the recovery is like and how grueling it can be and the grind involved. For Tanner Mangum, this is a big deal. Now, what we're really getting at is how does this affect his chances of becoming the starting quarterback for BYU, right? And that's what we're ultimately ultimately, getting at. Yes, It's a big deal for him to be recovering this quickly because it does better his chances of being starter and QB1 against Arizona in September. How many days away are we, Jason? 163? Oh, man, I was hoping you didn't know because mm. I was going to give you a hard time about not being the <laughs> Countdown King. But really, you are the Countdown King. Amazing. This is a big deal, Jason, because it allows him to get on the field sooner, to get timing and routes down with his receivers, and it makes him feel better about where he is and his chances of being the guy again as a senior at BYU. Like, if he were not progressing well, then can you imagine how much – Less confidence he would have? Well, it also shows you the work ethic, the determination, and the aggressiveness from Tanner Mangum to get to this point. Well, Because this doesn't happen by accident. This happens because you're working at it. I'm not surprised because Tanner Mangum has done stuff like this sure. before. He has shown uh, the ability to want to go the extra mile and be the guy and stay after practice. Now, where he has been challenged by Aaron Roderick and the coaches is to spend more time in the film room, mm-hmm. to spend more time with the X's and O's of the offense and doing things like that that he hasn't done. So while he is recovering, is he willing to do the things that they have challenged him to do that perhaps he has not done as much as he could have in the past? And that's in the film room, in the playbook, X's and O's, all the cerebral stuff. Here's the question. Could he beat us in a 40-yard dash? We have our times. Four months after a ruptured Achilles I wonder, tendon. I wonder. It'd probably be close. I don't know if you've heard of this man, Phil Steele. Not Phil Still, uh, but Phil Steele has come out with his toughest schedules in college football. He has the Cougars' 2018 schedule as the 13th hardest in the country. Spencer is a top 15 toughest schedule too tough for BYU football. Probably. But again, we have looked at this before, and in some years it shakes out that it's not as tough as we think it will be going into the season. Like two years ago when BYU was playing <gasps> at Michigan State. Rolled them. Spartans finished 3-9. and nine. That schedule was not as tough as we thought it was going to be. Or even the year before. At Nebraska? I think that team went to a bowl game but finished 6-7. and seven. Missouri and Kansas City? BYU lost that game. Missouri had a losing record. So typically, in independence, we look at all of these big-name programs, and it's fun. It's exciting. We get ramped about it. But it doesn't shake out to be this way. So if, indeed, it turns out to be one of the top 15 toughest schedules in college football after the season, yeah, it's too tough because BYU is going to have a hard time getting back to a bowl game if it turns out to be that way. But I I don't think it will. 
if it's top 30, great. And there's nothing we can do about it right now right. anyway. Well, and the other thing is we, we don't know – we don't know what kind of BYU team, especially on the offensive side, because it's new and they haven't played a game yet. We don't know how they're going to respond to this. I mean, here's the thing. If you're surprised that they're on this list, then you haven't been paying attention for the last couple of years because this is what BYU has done with the schedule. This is the type of schedule that BYU has where it is very aggressive and you're going to play all these teams early and you're going to travel all over the country. This, this is the cost of independence. This, yes, this is, this is what BYU schedules are. So is it too tough? That remains to be seen. We will see how this particular team can handle this schedule. Until we see how that, ha- how that plays out, we just don't know because there's too many unknowns about this team with, with the change. Now, I will say this about this year's schedule compared to recent schedules. The majority of these tough games, on the road. Right. At Washington. Yeah. At Wisconsin. At Utah. At Boise. At Boise State. At Arizona to open the season. Like, that's probably too many tough road games. So, yeah, leaning towards too tough. Certainly. On the basketball beat, did you watch the Gonzaga Bulldogs lose in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA basketball tournament last night to a nine-seed Florida State Seminoles? More brackets busted. The West Coast Conference is officially done in the biggest tournament of tournaments. But are the Zags done in the WCC? We asked ESPN's Roxy Bernstein his opinion on the matter yesterday. If you leave for the Mountain West, what are you gaining? If you're a Gonzaga, what are you gaining? You're getting less exposure because you're not going to be on ESPN. You're going to be on CBS Sports Network for the most part. You have to go to wonderful places like Laramie. And you know this all too well. See, I mean, get, so what are you actually gaining? Roxy added to that convo when we asked him, will Gonzaga be in the West Coast Conference next season? that he feels strongly that the Zags will stay and not go to the Mountain West Conference. So, with that in mind, Jason, did we watch Gonzaga play their final game as a member of the West Coast Conference last night? I believe that we did. Now, Alex Jensen, the voice of St. Mary's who joined us on the show the other day, he also said that he believes that Gonzaga will stay. And... It, what I thought was it, it very appropriate. Is this wishful thinking by those two? Ma- and it may very well be. I thought it was very appropriate, though, on one of the shots as, I can't remember who was bringing the ball up, you could see the front row of the stats area and the press area, and Craig Thompson was sitting courtside last night, and I just thought, hmm, well, that's interesting that he was sitting courtside as Gonzaga's season comes to an Members end. Members of the committee always sit courtside. I, I understand that. I just thought it was interesting that he <laughs> was there of all people. Look, I, I don't have any inside information. I'm just going off of reports that I've read, people that, that I've heard talk about this that do know more about this than I do. And they're convinced that Gonzaga to the Mountain West Conference is happening. The West Coast Conference will do anything and everything yes. to prevent this from happening. And that's the, that's the part of the equation that we don't know. What is the WCC as, as, a, as a governing body, the, the higher-ups, as well as the, the, school presidents. the teams involved willing to do to keep them? The school presidents don't know. know what Gonzaga means to the West Coast Conference. They want more money for their units especially in the NCAA tournament. They're going to get the dollar signs. What's the price of Gonzaga staying in the West Coast Conference? Whatever it is, 
the WCC, I feel, is going to pay that, and they will be a member of the West Coast Conference next year, albeit with a larger yeah. chunk of money. There are enough people out there that think not only is it going to happen, that it's been done for a while. That I, I just, I, I'm going to go, until I'm told otherwise, to me it seems like it's leaning like they're going. The model is working in the West Coast Conference. If they can get more money, why go? Why go? We'll find out. How about we talk a little baseball right uh, here? Yeah, because Gonzaga was playing baseball last night as well. That's right. It was a bad night all around for the Bulldogs <laughs> and couldn't be happier. Brian Sue from BYU Baseball, he's had a fantastic beginning to the baseball season. He leads the Batcats in batting average, hitting 400. And this two-run home run put BYU in the lead last night to stay. Swing and a fly ball, hooked down the left field line, toward the corner, Vanderbrink on the move, looks up, and it's gone. And Ryan Sue with his third home run of the year. A two-run shot, and BYU has gone back and top 6-4. Pretty big home run for Brian Sue. He just continues to play well for BYU. Certainly you could call him one of the breakout stars uh, at BYU. So I'm going to ask you, who is BYU's biggest breakout star of the sports year so far? Yeah, Brian Sue certainly has a case. Uh, one that comes to mind that's off the radar a little bit is Sarah Hampson. I like it. From BYU women's basketball. We're talking about a true freshman who is a dual sport athlete, just like her sister Jen who led the country in blocked shots. I mean, she was the defensive player, player of the year. year in the West Coast Conference. Another strong case. But I, I think, Jason, it's Matt Bushman. I mean, he was the guy for BYU football in a 4-9 and nine season that managed to work his way into a scenario of being a freshman All-American. That's tough to do on a 4-9 and nine team. But he was the guy. And he had the most receiving yards as a freshman tight end since one Dennis Pitta. He has the NFL body. He is tracking for a professional career in football. I think he was the breakout star, not because we didn't know about him, but because he exceeded yeah. the expectations. Well, and I, I think that you could also throw a guy like Elijah Bryant into the mix because of he had an unbelievable season last year and you could call it breakout because, because due to injuries he had not had the opportunity to be able to play like that cuz he he was hurt so he was finally healthy he was finally able to show everybody what he could do i i think elijah bryant could be put on that list as a breakout star okay a couple of others that come to mind Rhett rasmussen of BYU golf uh in terms of breaking out on the volleyball court how about the Cougars with a couple of players yeah. there? Uh, Storm Fagata Tafunga and Gabby Garcia Fernandez. I mean, they're number two in the country. Yeah. They lost Ben Patch, and they're number two in the country. Really good. Jason, BYU has earned multiple national championships. Hopefully, volleyball is another in the approaching months. In the month of March, we discussed the landscaping national title a few days ago. <laughs> so a lot of hard work goes into that. So yes, shout out to them. They're the Disneyland of college campuses. And now we can add a women's racquetball natty to the mix. Which is the more impressive national championship, Jason? The women's racquetball natty or the landscaping natty? Okay, number one, I didn't know we had either. I didn't even know that there was a BYU women's racquetball. How dare you? I, I did not know that. Now, but I, I'm going racquetball. I love racquetball. I think racquetball should be much more popular than it is. Like, back in the day, like it, 
Elvis, you know, Elvis was a huge racquetball player. He wanted to actually start a chain of racquetball places. Why do you know that? I watch a lot of Netflix. It was on a documentary. <laughs> no, but I love racquet. I may or may not have my own personal racket in my trunk, in my car as we speak. You are the goggles guy, aren't you? <laughs> I don't wear goggles. And I've not played racquetball in at least 10 years. That, co- that, that racket is still in my car. But I love it, and I'm mesmerized at those that can play that sport really well. I'm going with the uh, women's racquetball championship. You haven't played in 10 years. Yes. And the racket is in your trunk. Yeah. Yeah. You are wow. the goggles guy. <laughs> but I'm ready in case, you know, some sort of racquetball game breaks out unexpectedly. I've got my own racket. Hey, huge shout-out to the racquetball That's awesome. From BYU. That's You've played really, racquetball, really right? fantastic. I have played racquetball. It's Not a blast. Easy. Not easy. Good exercise. But I will give it to landscaping because more people see it on a day-to-day basis. Everybody that visits BYU sees how gorgeous the campus is. So i got to lean towards landscaping just because of the visual aspect. The campus is so aesthetically pleasing, and we take it for granted as employees. In fact, I'm thinking right now to myself, I need to walk on campus more to appreciate all the hard work that goes into that. Yes, but are they enclosed in a box with a see-through wall, people <laughs> staring at them, wanting them to perform? Huh? <laughs> you've, made, you've made a fantastic point, okay. but I'm still going to go with landscaping. Our question of the day, back to BYU football. What is your reaction to Tanner Mangum's Running on a treadmill and on the field of the IPF post at USU Cougar 11. Likes to be the first tweet in on a lot of days. He says, I'm pumped. The faster he can get fully healthy, the more competitive the quarterback competition will be. I'm excited to see how they have all improved. Hashtag, is it September yet? No. In fact, we're 163 days away, thanks to Jason Shepard, from game number one. Hashtag BYUSN. Send in your tweets. We'll get to more of those responses coming up. Quite disappointed that we've mentioned 163, yet we've not officially had a countdown. I'm just saying, if, if it gets brought up one more time, we may need to actually have the oh, countdown wow. open. Because I know we have it. Oh, coming up, when Tanner Mangum posts a video of him running, it's a big deal. But what does it mean? We'll discuss further. Ah, yes, what does it mean? Plus, Jerem Jordan and myself go two-on-one with junior wide receiver Akile Davis. How playing defense made him a better offensive player? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU baseball faces Gonzaga tonight in Game 2 of their three-game series at Miller Park. Hayden Rogers will get the start for the Cougars. You can watch live on BYU TV at 8 p.m. Eastern. Listen on BYU Radio. I'll be there, as will Jason and Gary And Shidey. Gary Shidey. Story time with Grandpa Gary. <laughs> We've got to get Gary on Twitter. Hey, I learned something interesting about Gary Scheide and his familial uh, connection to Cosmo the Cougar. His father-in-law was the brainchild of Cosmo. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Can he we do came a, up with the idea of Cosmo. Can we do a 30 for 30 on that? His father-in-law was. I believe that is the story. I'll ask him about it tonight live. That's unbelievable. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. We welcome you back on a Friday. Parties here on the West Side, BYU Sports Nation, as always, nationally simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, hashtag BYUSN whenever you reply on any form of social media. Our question of the day, what is your reaction to Tanner Mangum's Running on a treadmill post yesterday at Spencer underscore BYU. 
not Jerem Jordan's burner account. <laughs> He's back in the running mm-hmm. for the starting quarterback position, literally and figuratively speaking. Will he be throwing the ball to the likes of Akile Davis? Two-on-one with the junior wide receiver who has switched positions a few times, but now he's back catching the ball, whether it be from Tanner Mangum or any of the other five quarterbacks in the mix. What does he have to say about competing for time on the field? Two-on-one, Akile Davis. Akile, it's long overdue that we have you for a BYU football all-access two-on-one. So thank you for gracing us with your presence and the mini beard. Thank you for having me. It's getting longer. It's getting there. (laughs) You mentioned James Harden to us the other day. You want to be the James? Are you going for the James Harden look? If it gets to that point, then let's do it. But I mean, everybody try to call me his little brother, so (laughs) it's all good. It's all fun. Hey, if you got the swagger of James Harden, that's that's a good thing. You're playing well. That's a good thing. Exactly. Uh, This BYU football offense has kind of become this mysterious thing for those that can't see it from the inside. You're obviously in practice and going through it. How do you feel about the implementation of the new offense from Jeff Grimes? I'm loving it so far. It's kind of fresh, refreshing getting to know uh, this new office and what he got going. And he's hard on us right now. So I'm just loving the pressure and we're going to take the pressure and make gold, make dominance. Why do you love the pressure? Uh, I mean, in the games, game time, that's all it is. It's pressure to make plays and, and, and win ball games. It's all, that's what it's all about. How much did Margin Hooks instill that loving the pressure feeling inside of you? Um, he kind of told me, like, he, he showed me some of his highlights and kind of plays where it was all or nothing on this play, so he had to go make it. And he just told me that it's going to be times like that. You got to be ready to show up and, and play. Did he show you the 80-yarder against Utah? He did, actually. Uh, That's a good one, right? He retweets about every day, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he showed me that one. What, what, when did that connection first start, and what influence did that have on maybe you getting here to BYU? Uh, well, when, when Holiday first recruited me, he gave me his number and told me to reach out to him just about um, learning more about BYU and the culture here and as a non-LDS uh, athlete. And so I just got in contact with him, talked to him throughout the process. And after I committed, that's when we started work, working out and hitting the field in preparation. What's it like to play with, at this time, six different quarterbacks on the field? Well, I mean, it's, it's great for one because they're all coming out here competing. And then two, uh, I mean, it's always somebody. Else. We ain't got to wait for somebody to, to get set and stuff like that. It's just constantly a new quarterback every time, fresh and ready to go. So, yeah. What's the wide receiver position group like right now as you try and battle for some playing time this fall? Well, I mean, right now everybody knows every position, so there's not like an X or Z or, you know, this person made for this spot. So everybody knows every, every position, and you got to be ready for when your name is called. How do you feel like you've grown as you've gone through your very unique and, and individual journey at BYU? You've, you've been on both sides of the ball a little bit, now back as a receiver. How have you grown the most? Um, I would say I, I definitely got more mature. When I came in, like, everything was, was foreign to me. I didn't know anything, so... Going into my fourth year, I, I definitely i am more comfortable. Um, definitely bought in. I'm loving what Kalani's doing. And, yeah, I'm just more comfortable. Walk us through the first three years and redshirting and I think switching positions, right? It, it, take us from when you first showed up to kind of now and where you've been. Um, so I was recruited as receiver. So I came in, uh, burned my redshirt in a, couple, in a couple games. And then Kalani and them came in. They saw me. They saw my physicality and what I could do. So they kind of wanted to try me in at um, – corner so I went to corner and 
last minute they kind of decided to redshirt me, so I redshirted it. And then the next year after that, they switched me back to receiver because um, Nick Kurtz, all those guys left. So to get Dap at receiver, went back to receiver. Then, um, you know, it didn't go my way, uh, which is life. So I didn't really play much last year. And now here I am ready to take over. I'm hungry. How do you battle that mentally when you, you feel like, okay, I, I know I'm good enough. I have the skill set. I'm not on the field right now. How do you, how do you work through that mentally? Um, I think it's just being hungry. I mean, I always got that hunger. I love the game. Um, I never settle for less. Uh, I'm fully confident in myself. I know what I can do. And when I step on the field, it's just it's about taking over. If I line up in front of you, I'm trying to I'm trying to destroy you. That's always an intimidating feeling. I get that look from Spencer occasionally. <laughs> yes, I'm lining up across from Jeremy. I'm I like, will destroy he you. He wants Jeremy. to destroy me. Okay, then uh, let's go to break. Why the number one? Uh, well, I came in. I had, I had number two for the longest, and I mean, Marone, I switched to to 17. So I was just why not? Did you have one in high school? No, high school I had eight. I had eight. When I first got here, I had one. And then, you know, Marona, I guess, was kind of the older guy, so they gave it to him. He didn't have to do anything for you? No. no he just, You're a nice guy. He just took it. In the NBA, they pay money. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't encourage that activity, but, like, <laughs> hey, you got to do this for me. Right. No, it was uh, – he just got it, so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll stick with two. A lot of good people, Cody Hoffman and people were too, so keep the legacy going. But last year or two years ago, I switched to one. What you got to do is get the best defensive players number. That way, the jerseys in the BYU store could be yours, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Every time I go through there, I kind of wish we can get paid for our numbers and jerseys, stuff like that. But <laughs> it's all good. They're trying to get that going with the NCAA. How did playing defensive back help you as a receiver? Um, I think knowing what the defense is expecting, like a corner knows what to look for. So as a receiver, knowing what he's looking for, I can counter that and try to use it against him. So if, he's, if he knows I'm just going to speed release off the line, then I could just give him a, a, a jab step or something like that and just mix it up. So a lot of bluff, uh, it's like a big bluff game. Exactly. It's just trying to counter what he does, trying to, trying to know what he's going to do and try to just counter against that. All right. When Spencer gives to me the look, I employ that. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. Uh, Jerem knows. Yeah, I know, I know. He knows. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the time, man. Great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. The junior wide receiver, Akile Davis, one of several playmakers that hope to see the field in 163 days. Jason. What? Do we have an official? <laughs> if I just say, I'm just going to, I'm going to say this very slow. If I were to say the words, hit it, what would happen? Yeah. Countdown yeah. to the Wildcats. Yeah. 163. I'll do it with you today. <laughs> yes. I was asking for that one. Woo! See, I thought they were going to bluff you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was man. waiting for, like, the crickets chirping. Yeah, I was waiting for you to get shut out, man. <laughs> uh, I like that Akile Davis brought up the fact that everybody knows every wide receiver position. That's not the case at every school and in every offense. Typically, you kind of focus in on whether you're the X receiver or you're the Z receiver or right. you're the Y receiver, Okay. But everybody is being challenged to know everything so that, hey, if your number's called and we need you to play a different position, it's good. Okay, It's harder, and there's a lot more to learn, but I like the versatility of that ideology. Yeah, I mean, the word versatility, I mean, that's perfect. That's a perfect way to describe it because it does allow people to be able to fulfill multiple roles. And as you know, throughout the year, you, you, things – you. 
you adjust and things that maybe were working early aren't working now and vice versa. And so to be able to have guys that you can kind of mix and match and put in different positions and still be successful, that's the name of the game. That's what you're looking for. Ah, yes, that keyword successful. What equals success next year for BYU football? Hey, coming up, here's success right here. BYU beat the Zags last night. It's always a good thing. Winning pitcher Jordan Wood joins us coming up. And does Tanner Mangum's post on running on a treadmill change how we feel about his quarterback situation right now? Find out next. BYU Football Pro Day is coming up next Friday. You can join BYU Sports Nation along with Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan for two hours of unprecedented, I tell you, coverage from the indoor practice facility from noon until 2 Eastern time. Did you ever take a vertical leap challenge? Uh, no. Uh-uh. Never in high school. I don't rem- if, if I did, I don't remember it. I'm scared to know what mine would be right now. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't even want to know. I think I peaked at 35 inches in high school, <laughs> which was decent, you know. It's not bad. Yeah, I, hang I, on the rim and yeah, I don't. I don't remember doing it, but that doesn't mean that I didn't do it. <laughs> it's been a while since I was in high school. I'd say that I'll try at pro day, but <laughs> I'm afraid I might rupture my Achilles. <laughs> okay, and some other things. But when would we see you on a treadmill? Uh, How soon I after? Would definitely be a year recovery. <laughs> you would that be is a full for year. Sure. Please no. Uh, a shout out to Tanner Mangum. Welcome back, my friends. It's a Friday on BYU Sports Nation. Alongside Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. As always, we are live on Sirius XM Channel 143 BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV on demand anytime, anywhere. You know what we haven't done today, Jason? Headlines. headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football continues spring practice today. Number eight, I believe. Or is it number nine? I believe it is nine. Number nine. Shout out to Jim McMahon. A closed session in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Okay? And we are going to take you there on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page at roughly 1.10 p.m. Eastern for all of the reaction from practice number nine. Senior quarterback, as we discussed earlier in the show, Tanner Mangum, released a video yesterday of him running full speed on the treadmill. Tanner said, quote, another step in the process, still a ways to go. Hashtag enjoy the journey. More on that in just a little bit. Really, we're getting at, will he be the starting quarterback <laughs> against Arizona? BYU baseball defeated Gonzaga 6-4 to last night at Miller Park. No rain delay. Hallelujah for that. No doubleheader today Don't on BYU tonight. TV. <laughs> Ryan Sue's two-run home run put the Cougars ahead for good in the seventh inning. I let out a verbal shout when I watched that, and yes, I was watching. <laughs> Game two of the series is tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I'll be on the call with Gary Scheide. Jason Shepard will be in both dugouts, mm-hmm. perhaps, tonight. That is correct. Interviews uh, with players and the opposing head coach. That's right, and Jordan Wood, last night's winner, will join us in the Studio B coming up in just a few minutes. Plus, 20th-ranked BYU Gymnastics will face number 15 Boise State. Let's go! Southern Utah and Utah State coming up on Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time in the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Championships hosted by Southern Utah. All right, party in Cedar City. Let's hope BYU is celebrating at the end of that with uh, an MRGC championship. I just want the Gym Cats or the Gymorettes or whatever you want to call them (laughs) 
to continue to put up bigger and bigger scores because that's been the trend. So why not finish the season on a high? Absolutely. You know, I, they're capable. They're right there. Kylie Greenleaf joined us yesterday and said, we're pushing for that 197. They've got a 196.625. Uh, so they're, I mean, and, just a few tenths off. And since the karma was given to someone from BYU, it will work. <laughs> and, not, and not an opponent. <laughs> yeah. True statement. Okay, now back to the post of all social media posts within the BYU sports world yesterday from the senior quarterback Tanner Mangum. Ruptured his Achilles tendon in November at Fresno State. I'll never forget that image as I watched it happen live. And I am incredulous that he is running basically full speed on a treadmill and on the turf at the indoor practice facility. That, as of yesterday, and he looks really good. I mean, healthy. There, does it, it doesn't look like he's gimpy at all, and he's he just looks confident in his stride. I'm shocked that this is happening a little over four months after that devastating injury. Has there been more people watching a video of someone on a treadmill than this since maybe the OK Go video, you know what I'm talking about? Where they had the music video where they were all on the treadmill and they were dancing on the treadmill. If you've not seen this in the break, you're going to have to check this yeah, out. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, This is impressive. Look, here is, here is what he said as part of that post while he was running on the treadmill. He said, thankful for modern medicine and the amazing medical and training staff and the constant support from my friends and family. Full go on the treadmill today. Another step in the process. Still a ways to go. Hashtag enjoy the journey. But the fact that he, as you mentioned, in such a short period of time, has come this far, number one, it's great for him. But the other part about it is, what does it mean then for the BYU starting quarterback position. Based off what Aaron Roderick, the new quarterback's coach and assistant head coach, told Jerem Jordan and myself in a two-on-one last week, Tanner Mangum is one of the top three guys. There are six quarterbacks. He has kind of earned a spot because of what he's done and the time he's put in at BYU to be the incumbent, if you will. Okay, He's going to be there along with Bo Hodge and Joe Critchlow and maybe Zach Wilson. I don't know. We'll see. But he's going to have his opportunities to be the guy for BYU. And with him progressing this rapidly, oh man, it's it would be hard for Jeff Grimes not to be like, uh, yeah, okay, we've got a senior quarterback who has been in the heat of battle and faced my pass rush from the team that I was coaching on last year, LSU, Let's let's go ahead and roll him out there and see what he can do. I don't. I think this obviously helps Tanner in his case to be the starter well, in game number one. It, it helps for him. I mean, ultimately, they're going to go with the player that they feel number one is playing the best and fits best into what they want to do. And I understand that the, the new offense is, is going to cater probably more to the players and personnel and things. But I mean, ultimately. Coach Grimes and Coach Sataki, they're going to make the decision on who the starter is based off of who they think gives them the best chance to win. What this does, in my opinion, is it puts Tanner firmly in the mix where he's like, okay, he's not behind anybody. It's, it's a level playing field for all these guys to go out and show what they can do. And I think that if for all these quarterbacks, that's all you can ask is to be given a fair playing field for everybody 
to be on the same level, and you go out, and the best person wins. At Denicio with a fantastic tweet. My reaction was, there's our starter. As long as what Aaron Roderick said about pushing Mangan to study more film and be more of a professional football player is working, I don't see the other's talent beating out Mangum's in the fall. Can he be the guy with the X's and O's? We will see. Coming up, a BYU Cougar getting national love with a spectacular catch last night. And Jordan Wood threw 117 pitches against Gonzaga. BYU won. He may have had ice as he came into the studio. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU baseball faces Gonzaga tonight. It's game two of the three-game series right here in Provo. Hayden Rogers will get the start for the Cougars tonight. You can watch live on BYU TV at 8 Eastern. You can listen on BYU Radio. What is your first recollection of Gonzaga, Jason? My first, Well, my first recollection of Gonzaga is John Stockton. Yes. Hot Rod Hunley saying, the young rookie yeah. from Gonzaga. John Stockton, the pointer <laughs> from Gonzaga. Yes, I loved it. Jason Shepard and Spencer Linton, wannabe Hot Rod Hunleys, live from Studio <laughs> B, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, continuing our daily rebroadcast, airs weeknights, including tonight on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Our question of the day, what is your reaction to senior quarterback Tanner Mangum and his Instagram post of running on a treadmill at Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94? Uh, incomprehensible text. Then the question, What? Did he take a page out of Taysom's book, Incredible Recovery Time? Did Taysom pass that along to Tanner? The Superman recovery That's ability? I'm just saying, like, can you give that power? No idea. Uh, I'm hoping that we have Superman recovery ability from one Jordan Wood, the starting pitcher of last night's game against Gonzaga. He joins us in Studio B after throwing 117 pitches. How does the arm feel, Jordan? Yeah, definitely. It's it's pretty sore today. I walked out of the training room with like three or four bags of ice last night, and luckily it's starting to heal a little bit now. Okay, okay. How long is the recovery time typically after an outing like that? Yeah, normally the first day, the first day after is not like super bad, but normally the second day after my arm's like even worse. So if I'm feeling it today, it means tomorrow's gonna be even way worse. <laughs> Definitely way worse. All right, looking forward to that, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to pull the curtain back just a little bit because okay. most of us have never been in the position where we are on the mound pitching a game. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the coach comes out, and you have one of the the mound visits. When Coach Littlewood comes out to the mound and has a conversation with you, what is typically the message? What is 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 there a common theme in what takes place in, on mound visits? I guess it depends on how your outing's going so far, right? <laughs> I guess if it's going not so good, there's some uh, stuff needed said that you need to be done or needs to be done by you. Um, but if you're doing pretty good, like I, w- I was doing all right last night. He just came out asking me how I was feeling. Um, if he thinks I can get out of this inning, work out of the jam, and really like what, what, where do I think I can go from here? I have these visions of a manager running out there and being like, hey, have you seen Black Panther? <laughs> Pretty good. Also, you should throw a curveball on this next pitch. <laughs> yeah, are there any like light moments where it's just like has nothing to do with the game at all? He just wants to lighten the mood? Uh, I, I would say that's definitely more of a catcher's standpoint. Dave Clawson's pretty good at it. Sometimes he came out last night and he goes, hey, you're looking really good out on the mound today. You're looking great. You're just looking fantastic <laughs> in that uniform. Just keep working it. You're doing great. <laughs> that's what we're getting at. That's what we wanted to know, Jordan. Yeah. Yes. Uh, man, what a win last night when you think about the prospect of BYU baseball potentially starting 0-4 in conference play. I mean, that – you were one game away from that, but now all of a sudden, 
it kind of seems like you can relax as you go into the rest of the series because you beat a good Gonzaga team. So from your perspective, mm-hmm. what did that win mean for your team? I think it was definitely just a confidence booster, right? We all know we played, didn't play very well versus LMU um, the week before, and everybody kind of had maybe a little jitters and was like, oh, how's it going to be versus Gonzaga? But I think getting that first one in our belt, now we can kind of just like, not necessarily relax, but now we can do our thing, what we normally do, like what we always do, and just start to roll now. It's kind of the same thing that happened last year. Last year at LMU, we lost, I believe, two out of three, yeah. and then we came back, and that was when, like, what changed our season, what, like, then we started to roll. We won every series from then on, so I think we can do that same thing this year. I want to ask you about one of your, your teammates specifically, and it's a guy everybody loves, Brian Sue. Mm-hmm. We were talking about breakout athletes earlier in the show, and mm-hmm. what he's doing certainly – uh, fits into that category. He is playing unbelievable. Had a, obviously the the go ahead and what turned out to be the game winning two run home run last night. What impresses you about what Brian is doing this season? I think uh, Brian. Obviously, I'm good friends with Brian. I like him a lot. He's a good friend of mine. Um, but Brian is really like I would say pretty even keeled, which is I think helped him a lot out at the plate. Right, he might. One at bat might strike out or hit a ground ball, something that he missed, maybe missed a swing or something. But the next time, come up and hit a two-run home run like he did last night, right? And so I think, I think that's one thing that's really good to him. He's always been a good hitter. He sees the ball well. And being even killed, I think, has helped him like, progress even further. Well, technically, his home run gave you the win, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. I think you owe Brian Sue uh, lunch or dinner or something. Actually, my mom, my mom after the game was like, what is Brian Sue's favorite cookies? We're going to bake him all these cookies. <laughs> yes, love to hear that. Okay, uh, Gonzaga, let's rewind to last year, and I know this isn't a great memory, but you go to Gonzaga, you need one win to win the outright West Coast Conference regular season championship. You don't get it. They sweep you. How much was that in the back of your mind last night? Yeah, I would say I'd say it's definitely like a little bit there, but not too much. Um, I threw pretty well versus them there and at the conference tournament. And so for me, it was, them, it was just to show them that I can dominate them again um, and keep, keep it rolling. And so I think that was a little bit back maybe in some people's mind, but for the most part, we have a lot of new guys. So I don't think too many people remember it as much. You have solidified the Thursday night starter. You've pitched very well in that role seems like you're you it's a nice fit for you what what's been working so well for you on the mound I'd say definitely like locating my fastball that's something I've worked a lot in the off season and in the fall is being able to locate my fastball and when I can locate my fastball pretty well my change up and my slider and my curveball just come off of it and it makes like it makes it a lot easier as well when you can spot a fastball Jordan Wood pitcher for BYU baseball the winning pitcher against Gonzaga last night with us on BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. What's your best pitch? Oh, my best pitch? I don't know. I, like, I'm pretty even. I throw a pretty good – Like I, I feel like a located fastball is probably the best pitch in baseball. And off that, when I throw my changeup part, I have a pretty good changeup, I think, which helps me out a lot. Yeah, I don't want to try and bat against you. <laughs> <laughs> there are levels of embarrassment, and then there's just humiliation. Right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're not going <laughs> to. We're not even going to go down that road as even a possibility that we're going to try and take swings off of him. How does the mentality uh, of a starting pitcher progress as you go through the program? Because right now it feels like you got the swagger, and it's mm-hmm. probably really nerve wracking when you start for the first time. So, yeah. Walk us through that progression. I would say definitely like when I first started, um, even last year starting a couple of games as well, um, I was a little bit more nervous and like I'm like, ah, I just want to do as good as I can, right? And now it's getting to a point where I feel like my word that I tell myself every time before I go out on the mound is attack. 
Um, attack every hitter. Don't be afraid of anybody. It doesn't matter who's hitting. If the guy's hitting 700, if he's hitting 100, right? Kind of keep that same mentality of attack and dominate him. Well, I like that. Clear the mechanism. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to ask. This is the hard question portion of this interview. Mm-hmm. Are you a superstitious guy? It is so. What's what are your superstitions? Do you have something you have to do, uh, or is talking about it part of the superstition and then it ruins it? <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a too superstitious guy. Honestly, I feel like I'm pretty easygoing. I just like it does. Like I don't have any. I don't wear the same socks or same underwear or anything like that. I'd say I'm pretty not superstitious. Unfortunately, okay, just a little stitious, <laughs> right? Jordan Wood with us. Uh, before we have you sign our flag and uh, give you some BYU Sports Nation karma, I want to ask you perhaps the hardest question, okay? okay? Even harder than superstitions. Mm-hmm. What's the greatest baseball movie of all time? Oh, the greatest baseball movie of all time. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of good ones. Like, oh, I think, I think the one that I choose, like that I grew up watching a lot of times, that I watched when I was a little kid, was watched was... The Rookie. Oh, okay. Honestly, I don't know if it's the best baseball movie of all time. <laughs> we were but, talking about this the other day. Yes. Literally, that was the one I grew up watching, and that, that one was like one I idolized and looked up to, especially being an, kind of an older pitcher now. I yeah, can kind of okay. like Are you going to be it. the 40-year-old in the major <laughs> leagues, Jordan? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Okay, let's give you and BYU Baseball some BYU Sports Nation karma for tonight. Here's the Sharpie. Okay. Please give us your you autograph. Like. The day after he throws 117 pitches. And beats Gonzaga. Be nice to win two against Gonzaga, right? Uh, when they win two, and then three. Okay, so when they win two. I'm just saying. Ooh. Yes, I'm All just right. saying. All right. Jordan Wood, ladies and gentlemen, the rookie. A <laughs> <laughs> rookie. Not to be confused with rookie of the year and Henry Rowan Gardner for the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> well, two references of that movie in the last week and a half. That's unbelievable. Coming up, Riley Jensen had this amazing play last night. But did the Cougar softball team upset LSU? Find out on the whip. A home run robbing catch in the bottom of the ninth. Plus your responses to the question of the day. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Welcome back on a Friday. Party is here on the west side. Thanks to today's guests, Akile Davis and Jordan Wood. If you missed any of today's show, you know what you can do. You can download the podcast. It's on iTunes or Google Play. While you do that, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU football continuing spring practices as we speak. You can tune in for post-practice interviews and reaction on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page coming up at 1.10 p.m. Eastern time. Also, senior quarterback Tanner Mangum released a video yesterday of him running full speed on the treadmill. Tanner said, quote, another step in the process. Still a ways to go. Hashtag enjoy the journey. Baseball. Defeated Gonzaga 6-4 last night, powered by a two-run home run from Brian Sue in the seventh inning. Game two of the series, live tonight on BYU TV at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can also listen on BYU Radio. Gymnastics. 20th ranked BYU Gymnastics will face number 15 Boise State, as well as Southern Utah and Utah State coming up tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, in the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Championships, hosted by Southern Utah. Softball. Lost to 10th. Or 11th ranked LSU, depending on which poll you look at. In 11 innings, or was it 12? It was a long game, I know that. 
A score of 2-1 to one in a round-robin tournament yesterday in Baton Rouge. The Cougars play North Dakota State and LSU in a doubleheader today. Good luck to the ladies, and yeah, if you didn't see that Riley Jensen catch, go check it out it on social media. Amazing. Cougars in the association. Kyle Collinsworth had three rebounds, a block, and a point for the Dallas Mavericks as they lost at home last night to the Utah Jazz. Cougars overseas. Kyle Collinsworth's former high school teammate at Provo High, Brandon Davies, scored 11 points, grabbed four rebounds, and had three steals in a Zalgiris victory. Well done. Tennis. Women's tennis beat Utah State by a score of 4-1 to earn their fourth straight victory. The Cougars return to Provo Saturday to face Fresno State at 2 p.m. Eastern. Rugby. BYU Rugby will play San Diego State tomorrow in Provo at Southfield. You can join the fun live at 3 p.m. Eastern. Also, women's rugby will host Utah Valley tomorrow at 1 Eastern at Helaman Field. Track and field. Competes in the Aztec Invitational today and tomorrow in San Diego. Cougars in the PGA. I believe it's San Diego, Jason. At the Corrales Club Championship. Sorry, too loud. On the PGA Tour, Mike Weir is tied for 60th at 1 under. Daniel Summerhays tied for 99th at two over. He has finished round two as well. Zach, Pla- Zach Blair tied with Daniel Summerhays two over through two holes in round number two. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. And you need it most, DexterLaw.com. There's so many people that can get this, but how about the catch? Oh, Riley, Riley Jensen. Jensen. Amazing. Yeah, let's give it to Riley Jensen. At ESPNW, their official account. Put that out there last night after she robbed a home run in the bottom of the ninth inning against a top 10 team to keep the game rolling. BYU actually took the lead in the 10th inning, one to nothing. But then LSU finally put it together late and won the game. Hey, get them today, ladies. Get them today. Our elite tweet of the day from Attaway Cougs on Tanner Mangum. That's great. Now let's stop this fair weather fandom and win some games. P.S. I hope that's not a live shot. He's going to wear himself out. <laughs> Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. The show on demand BYUSN.com. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Ryan Pond. BYU Sports Nation back at it on Monday. See you tonight for baseball.